Some people believe that the days of revival are over. What we believe about spiritual awakenings should be rooted in what we believe about God. He never changes and is always able. Join Scott Pauling as we open God's Word and find encouragement in Ezra. Then, join us in praying for revival in our day. Is revival possible in our day? Are we too far gone? Have we passed the season where we can actually have a great awakening? I want to give you this week some encouragement from the book of Ezra. The little historical book of Ezra is one of the greatest books in the whole Bible on return and revival. Now, originally, Ezra and Nehemiah were one book. In fact, the old Jews referred to them as first and second Ezra. And that's very significant because each of them comes at the return of Israel to the land and the rebuilding process there from a different perspective. For example, Ezra was the religious leader, while Nehemiah was more of the political leader. Uh, Ezra dealt more with the internal work, uh, while Nehemiah dealt with the external. And I think there's a great divine order uh, revealed in this, and that is that the external doesn't matter until the internal has been taken care of. We might say it this way, the return spiritually had to precede the rebuilding. Sure, Nehemiah had to get back, get the walls built. No city was safe without them. But the reality is you can put up the facade. You can deal with all the public things. But if the private things have not been cared for, then you can never have the blessing of God. So I want to begin today right where Ezra began in Ezra chapter 1, verse number 1, where the Bible says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, The word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel, He is the God which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts beside the freewill offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. I don't know about you, this seems like a strange beginning. Is it possible that God could begin something for his own glory and the good of his people in a way that we never imagined? The answer to that question is absolutely yes. See, God doesn't always fit in our box. Uh, We like to think we can organize revival. You can't organize revival. You can't plan revival. You can't promote revival. You can't produce revival. What you can do is get in step with the God who is the God of life himself and watch what God does. So I want to talk to you today about where the revival begins. I did not say when will it begin. Only God knows. I did not say, can we have revival? Because I believe with great confidence the answer is yes, we can. God has not changed. My question is, where will it begin? Well, we know that every good thing begins with God. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created. John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. James 1.17 says, every good and every perfect gift cometh down from above 
from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So we know it begins with God. So first of all, I would say to you that the revival always begins in the providence of God. Did you notice that Ezra did not get a posse together to go back to Jerusalem first? That instead, God worked in someone's heart. It began actually with his own word. And I think there's a tremendous truth in this, that true spiritual awakenings are always built on the truth of the Word of God. God uses His revelation, His Word, to speak to people. That's where the Holy Spirit speaks, through the Scriptures. And so then we respond to God's revelation, and the result of that is an awakening, a reviving. You'll notice that it came in God's perfect timing. God had said they would be in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. That's exactly how long they were there. And right on time, the Lord set everything in motion for this return to Jerusalem. And you'll notice as well that the Lord is the one who did the stirring. It says the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. Uh, in verse number 5, it says that the people whose spirit God had raised. I, I'm afraid that in our day, we have this idea that we can stir up revival. Friends, revival is not a meeting. Revival is a movement of God upon His people. Revival is not something that we can create some substitute for or that we can produce. In fact, if we're trying to stir it up, that's as much flesh as sin is. It may be religious flesh, but it's still flesh, and flesh never produces spiritual results. So if you want to know where the real revival begins, number one, it begins in the providence of God. Number two, it begins in the people of God. Now, God always has a people. Even in captivity here, God had a people. And revival began with his own people becoming conscious of him. Now granted, he used a very unusual messenger to speak to them, Cyrus, king of Persia. That's mind-boggling to me. Think about this. this. This pagan man, hundreds of years before he was ever born, in Isaiah 45, 1, God called him by name and said, that's who I'm going to use. Just a reminder that God knows exactly what he's doing. God has everything under control. But when the message came through Cyrus, it came to the people of God. In fact, in verse 3, Cyrus refers to them as his people. Not Cyrus's people, God's people. That's very unusual for any king or emperor. He recognized these people don't belong to me. They belong to God. Revival must begin with the people of God. And it begins with them becoming conscious of him. He said, his God be with him. Oh, my friend, when we get awake, then God can begin to awaken others around us. It began with his people obeying him. He said, His God be with him and let him go. And so whatever God says, we must do. Now they began to willingly give themselves to God. Let me just tell you that as you begin to agree with God, as you begin to cooperate with God's Holy Spirit, you make the way clear, if you will. You open the, the floodgate for all of the power of God to be revealed and for God's purpose to be fulfilled. It must begin with us, church. Judgment must begin at the house of God. Revival is not everybody else getting saved. It's us getting right. Revival is not the world getting where they need to be. The revival begins with the church getting where it needs to be. So where does the revival begin? It begins in the providence of God. It begins with the people of God. And then it begins at the place of God, literally in His presence. In verse 5, it says, Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priest and the Levites, with all them whose spirit God had raised to go up to build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. God said, get out of Babylon. Get back to Jerusalem. God's people don't belong to Babylon. You don't belong to this world. This world is not your home. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So get out of Babylon and go back to the place where you can meet with God. That's what the temple was. It was a return to His presence, the place of holiness and the place of worship. And may I reiterate, the temple had to be rebuilt before the city walls because none of us are safe on the outside until we're settled on the inside. It's not about ordering your public life. It's about allowing God to do a deep, thorough work in you. The short answer to the question of where does the revival begin is it must begin in me and it must begin in you. In fact, when you come to Ezra chapter 2, there's a long list of names. Don't just skim over those names. Look at them carefully because Ezra chapter 2 is the revival roll call. I wonder if the roll call was given of all the people who are ready for revival, who've returned to the Lord, who are seeking God, would your name be in Ezra chapter number 2? I want to challenge you to read through the book of Ezra this week as we make this study together and ask the Lord to help you return to where you need to be and ask God to begin the revival in you. Do you believe that revival is possible in our nation and in our generation? It must begin with a praying remnant. We are excited to announce a new book on Revival Praying by Scott Pauley. You may download the ebook or order the hardback edition now at scottpauley.org. We trust that it will encourage you to seek God for revival in our day.